0: Hello welcome to Iron Africa. For all the daily news from across the continent, I'm Joe Emil Jamin. Coming up on the show, South Africa has begun military exercises with both China and Russia as part of a routine army drill. The joint training has drawn immense criticism from the West, coming nearly one year on from the start of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Then as the continent's leaders meet in Ethiopia for the AU summit, security is high on the agenda. Concerns are growing about the effect of the war in Ukraine, insurgencies in the DRC, and the suspension of fellow African states from the bloc. And after nearly three years of COVID blockages, the Ghana Ivory Coast frontier has opened once again. Welcome news for families and businesses, shut off from any kind of contact and much needed trade. Thanks for joining us. The South African military on Friday embarked on a 10-day joint military exercise with Russia and China, coming nearly one year after the Kremlin's decision to invade Ukraine. The controversial drills are the second in a series of routine exercises that Pretoria hosts with foreign nations. For more details, our correspondent in South Africa, Nadine Taron, sent us this explainer.
1: The Ukrainian Association in South Africa certainly views this as South Africa taking a stance um, uh, in supporting the war. Um, the Ukrainian uh, people in South Africa um, believe that this move to uh, do this exercise with Russia means that South Africa has not taken a neutral position anymore. But the South African uh, Minister of Defence um, says this is just standard procedure. They, The South African military has done these kind of exercises sizes with many other countries before, um, they are kind of pretending that it's, it's nothing, um, that, you know, it's not related to the war at all and that they are not going to have their military um, exercises interrupted by people's opinions. However, South Africans are very opposed to these exercises and the exercises are actually happening in secrecy um, as the military does not inform the media at all about what's happening, probably for security reasons. And protests have been planned around the country against these exercises. Exercises. And today, some people in Cape Town protested in front of the Russian consulate to show their, um, you know, their, their distrust of the South African uh, relationship with Russia. It, was, it really seems that South Africa is on Russia's side. And uh, remember last year, this time, just shortly after Russia invaded the Ukraine, our Minister of Defense, Tandy Medice celebrated Russian Motherland Defense uh, Day were at the Russian embassy in South Africa, and that was after the war started. And that also made some people wonder um, on whose side she is. So there are a lot of questions about the country's neutrality at the moment.
0: That's Nadine Taron reporting from South Africa. African leaders converged on Addis Ababa on Friday on the eve of a two-day summit in the Ethiopian capital. The mini-talks addressed, amongst other issues, the effect of the war in Ukraine, insecurity in the DR Congo, as well as the possible readmittance of Mali, Burkina Faso and Guinea into the bloc. For more on this, let's hear from our regional correspondent, Clement Di Roma.
2: This weekend, more than 30 presidents will be in the Ethiopian capital for a new summit of the African Union. The main theme this year, the relaunch of the Continental Free Trade Area, a project launched in 2018, which should allow the continent to emancipate itself from Western importations and increase intercontinental trade. The startup of this project has been slowed down by the COVID crisis and border closures, but it's now an emergency as African economies are suffering from the Ukraine war, which provoked inflation and increased poverty. The heads of state will, of course, address insecurity, including the war in DR Congo's Kivu regions, as well as tensions with neighboring Rwanda. Some uh, meetings already took place this Friday with East African presidents, including Paul Kagame and Felix Chisekedi. There is also uh, the demands of Mali, Burkina Faso and Guinea, all led by military juntas and suspended from the institution. They are now asking for reintegration and help to fight against extremism. Finally, uh, the successor to Makisal, the Senegalese president who will lead uh, the union in 2022, is awaited. It's, it should be the Comorian president, Azali Asoumani, uh, who uh, should be appointed as new chairperson tomorrow is now at the end of a very small country but he will have to face many great challenges on the continent
0: and uh, african leaders also calling on friday for all armed groups in the eastern drc to uh, leave the region by the end of the next month They've come on foot, by car and bus, and on motorbikes. Travelers eager to be among the first in three years to cross either side of the Ghana-Ivory coast border. It's been a long wait for many families and business owners kept apart as a result of COVID closures. Laurent Berstecker has the story.
3: Upon arriving at the Ivorian border, these travelers from Niger queue for a mandatory COVID-19 test. As they patiently wait for their turn, some can barely hide their excitement at the thought of finally returning home. It's the end of a long exile for these Ivorian nationals living abroad, like Yaya Djerwo, who's been stuck in Niamey since the border shut down in March
4: 2020. I haven't
3: been to Abidjan for three years. It's been hard. But now I'm happy because I'm going to return and reunite with my friends. International flights to Ivory Coast resumed in July 2020, but those who couldn't afford a plane ticket had to wait until Thursday for the country to finally reopen its land borders. The announcement was met with enthusiasm in Noe, a small town near the Ghanaian border. Here, many residents used to earn a living by buying cheap goods across the border and reselling them in Ivory Coast, an activity which was abruptly halted by the pandemic. Some are now hoping to resume their old
4: trade. I've never danced in my life, but yesterday I did a little dance. It's a breath of fresh air for me, a feeling of pure joy. It's like we were dead and have been reborn.
3: Ivorian authorities also hope the reopening of land borders can help them better control a growing influx of refugees, especially from neighboring Burkina Faso, where ongoing jihadist
0: violence has displaced millions of people. The situation in Nigeria is heating up just over a week before the country decides on its next president. Police fired tear gas on Friday, dispersing protesters in Lagos as residents took to the streets, demonstrating against banknote scarcity. It comes as a result of a cash shortage triggered by the Central Bank of Nigeria's decision to swap old bills of the local Naira currency for new redesigned ones. Peanuts are a key ingredient in many Senegalese dishes, and the country is traditionally one of the largest producers on the continent, but the sector is in crisis. Foreign exporters are increasingly buying in bulk, driving up local prices. Good news for those who make a living from farming peanuts, but bad news for consumers and manufacturers. Our correspondents Sarah Sako, Eliman Ndao and Sam Bradpeace crack open the story.
4: Kaulak is Senegal's peanut-growing capital. This product is normally a cheap source of nutrients here in local markets, but prices have exploded over the past 12 months. Patoumata says that wholesale prices have increased by 60% compared to the same period last year.
1: I can no longer get by selling peanuts to feed my family. Some days I earn some, some others I don't.
4: This inflation can partly be explained by a poor harvest, but more importantly, by market speculation. These hangers on the edge of Kaulak belong to Chinese exporters who refuse to meet with us despite multiple requests. They buy peanuts at an elevated price from local farmers. The temptation is obvious, according to this industry chief.
3: It's advantageous, there's no hassle. The Chinese come to our village and don't try to negotiate. There are no transport fees. They pay and then
4: they go. This phenomenon has hurt local industry. Sonakos is a state-owned company employing 2,000 people to transform peanuts into oil for cooking. Sonecos
3: is suffering from unfair competition. No one is against the presence of foreigners in the sector because they play an important role in offering opportunities. But we think that their
4: presence needs to be regulated. The Senegalese government has announced a 30 million euro investment plan to keep
0: Sonecos afloat. Oh, finally, the thorny trees and dung caked homes of Umoja village make it resemble any other in Kenya's northeastern Samburu region, except in one key detail, the absence of men. Since it was established over 30 years ago, Umoja has uh, provided a refuge for women fleeing gender-based violence of all types.
3: As the sun rises on Umoja village, women wearing traditional dresses and jewelry perform their daily ritual. From a distance, it looks like a typical Maasai village, except for a crucial detail. Men are nowhere to be seen. Only women and children are allowed in Umoja, a community that wants to provide a safe haven for victims of gender-based violence.
0: I am very proud to live in this village because no one is forcing me to do anything and my husband can't assault me here.
3: The village was founded in 1990 by a group of 15 women who had survived rape by British soldiers. Its reputation has since spread, attracting other victims of sexual and physical violence. Today, Umoja is home to dozens of women, many of whom escaped forced marriages and abusive husbands. Here, they've learned to become autonomous and to make enough money to fend for themselves. Residents also strive to educate women from surrounding villages on the dangers of early marriage and genital mutilation, practices that remain extremely common in rural Kenya.
0: There is no need to have children without a plan.
4: These girls need to be educated and choose their own partners, not like the old days where their fathers married them off to old and rich men. Women should choose who they love.
3: Long ostracized by neighboring villages, still largely dominated by patriarchal cultures and traditions, the women of Umoja have persevered in their quest to change mentalities, in a country where more than 40% of women have been victims of sexual or domestic
4: violence.
0: A story touching on some really truly poignant Uh, issues over there or that's all the stories that we do have here for Ion Africa for the moment but there is plenty coming up on France 24 so don't go anywhere for now.